Welcome to Gateway's podcast. We hope God speaks to you through this message from Pastor Don Brock. For more information about Gateway, please visit www.gatewaybc.com. We, today, I want to talk to you about uh, how the lights at Christmas can actually bring light during your dark days. You know, December the 21st, next Saturday, is the shortest day of the year. So it also means in that 24-hour period, it's the darkest time. Uh, There's more darkness and there's light uh, next Saturday. In fact, June the 21st is the longest day of the year, so there's more daylight that day uh, and the shortest night. And some people, as you know, they kind of struggle with depression during this time of year just because of the lack of sunlight. Uh, And uh, in fact, they can do these light therapies now so that uh, they can help them to overcome that time uh, during when the days are short. But what's interesting to me that uh, in the darkest part of the year, Christmas actually pierces that darkness with its light. And uh, lights are very were very important that very first Christmas. The angels put on a dazzling light show and uh, that caused the shepherds to make their way to see Jesus. Uh, There was a special light that guided the three wise men or more, the the wise men to go and see this savior that had been born to the world. And uh, the um, fact, light is one of the major themes of the scripture. First John says, God is light, and in him there's no darkness at all. The very first commandment given in Scripture in Genesis, God said, let there be light. So that's a main theme, a major theme of Scripture. And then Jesus made the boldest declaration where he said, I am the light of the world. In fact, the very reason for Christmas was because Jesus came to be the light of the world. John chapter 12, verse 46. Jesus said, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Now, he's not talking about physical darkness. He is talking about personal darkness. And everyone personally has dark days. You know, those days where you just don't want to get out of bed. Those days when you decide to take up this new hobby called binge watching. Those days where you just want to, you don't want to deal with people. You just want to stay indoors. Uh, You just want to throw in the towel. You don't want to see anyone. So I want to look at four types of dark days and then how Christmas responds to those days. So here's the absolute truth. You will have dark days. They tell us that 90% of the people that live have dark days and that the other 10% lie about it. Every single one of us will have those dark days. Just as you go through cycles physically, your body goes through cycles. I think emotionally we go through cycles and they're just some, even when there's not a reason for it, you can have a dark day. With no outward reason, you just have that dark day. In Job chapter 20, 
Well, let's, let's start with the first, the first dark day. There are dark days of disappointment. Just disappointment. Job said, so I looked for good, but evil came instead. I waited for the light, but darkness fell. Have you ever felt that way? You were hoping for one thing, but uh, that one thing did not happen, so you were disappointed. You know, you've, maybe you've gotten some disappointing news this past year about some things. You know, society throws us dark days all the time, disappointing news all the time. I, I mean, hardly a day goes by that we don't read about a new shooting somewhere in our country. And we get dark days, we get disappointing news from our government on a regular basis. Uh, just this past week, we read how our own Richland County misspent $41.4 million of uh, that special one sales cent, uh, that one cent sales tax to fix our roads. How do you misspend $41 million? All you got to do is drive around and you can see where to spend it. And the list just goes on and on and on. I mean, just one disappointment after another. So the fact of life is disappointing sometimes. A lot of times, things don't always work out as they're planned. Situations don't always work themselves out. You know, even the presents you get at Christmas, some of you, you're going to be real excited. Some of you are going to be disappointed. I remember that time where I could see the present, and I said, oh, that's a basketball. It's really obvious. I'm excited. Going to get a basketball. Turned out to be a world globe. <laughs> and I bounced that thing as much as I could. <laughs> I imagine Mary experienced some disappointment her very first Christmas I mean, she was told that she was going to bear the Messiah, the king, the Lord. And, uh, and yet, instead of staying in the Hyatt or the Hilton, she didn't even get a Motel 6. And she had to stay in a stable. I mean, that's got to be disappointing. Lord, this is the king of the Lord. This is the king. This is our king. This is our savior. This is the Messiah. And I've got to stay in this stinky, smelly, dark place? Life is disappointing sometimes, and you go through disappointing days. Uh, dark days, some of you have dark days of distress. That's when you feel overwhelmed, when you're stressed out, you're stretched to your limit, you're frustrated. You've got too much to do and you don't have enough time to do it. Uh, you've got things you have to buy and you don't have the money to buy it. Things to fix and you don't have the resources to fix it. And things you just got to do and you don't have enough energy to do it. So you're just distressed. Kind of like Mary, she must have felt that. Having to travel near the end of her pregnancy and walk and ride a donkey that long distance from Nazareth to Bethlehem. David experienced stress. In Psalms 22.1, he says, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Of course, the answer was that God wasn't 
far away. Maybe you have felt just like David sometimes. You feel like, I'm struggling, I'm overloaded, and no one, no one is coming to my rescue, not even God. In fact, dark days of distress will stretch you to your limit. My guess is that some of you are in some dark days right now, some dark days of distress. Maybe you're stressed out financially. Maybe you're stressed out physically. There's something going on, and you're waiting for that next test result to come. Maybe you're stressed out relationally, a relationship that's not working out, a marriage that's struggling, a friend that has abandoned, a boss that seems to get meaner and meaner, an employee that just does not cut it, and you're just distressed. There are also dark days of doubt. In John chapter 12, here's what Jesus said. My light will shine for just a little longer. Walk in the light while you can, so the darkness will not overtake you. And those who walk in darkness cannot see where they are going. Now, when Jesus said this, think about this. He, he has been honest with his disciples from day one. And he has told them multiple times, we're going to go to Jerusalem, I'm going to be killed, but three days later I'm going to raise from the dead. And so you would think, as many times as he told them that, that when he did indeed die on that cross, they would have gone straight to the tomb and camped out there. I mean, people will do that for Black Friday, knowing a sale is coming, they'll go and camp out knowing that they're going to have that big sale, but here are these disciples who knew the truth, and yet they doubted. They doubted so much that they did not hang out at the tomb. They doubted so much that they hid out of fear that they were next. They doubted. And these are people that were with Jesus physically. Have you ever had dark days of doubt? No clear objective? You're drifting? You feel like you've lost your way? The one who walks in the dark doesn't know where he's going? And you stumble along? And then there are the dark days of depression. That's when everything caves in. When you're depressed, you feel like, well, what's the use? I feel like giving up. Giving up. Winston Churchill, who was the prime minister of England during when World War II began, he said when that war started, he said, the light has gone out in Europe. And it had. I mean, people still at that time remembered World War I and the millions of people who lost their lives. And now, in short time, they're going into a second world war. And they thought the first one would be the end of war, and it was not. And so, yeah, they felt like the light had gone out. Some of you feel that way about your life. You feel like the light has gone out of my life. I know I'm a believer. I know I'll get to go to heaven, but while I'm here on earth, I sure feel abandoned. Lamentations, it's not a book in the Bible I automatically go to for encouragement. 
But in Lamentations chapter 3, he says, The thought of my suffering and homelessness is bitter beyond words. I will never forget this awful time as I grieve over my loss. Man, that sure sounds like depression to me. Some of you, you have faced a major crisis this past year. Maybe you saw your marriage fall apart. Maybe you had a death of a very close loved one. Maybe you had a defeat. Maybe you got laid off. Maybe you faced a major illness. In fact, you don't feel like being happy at the holidays. In fact, the happiness at the holidays only intensifies your pain, your loneliness, your depression. Maybe you feel like the way David felt in Psalms 88 verse 16 when he said, Your fierce anger has overwhelmed me. Your terrors have paralyzed me. Maybe you feel paralyzed. So when you're in that kind of situation, you wonder, does anybody even care? And if you don't get anything else today, get this. God cares. He cares about you because you matter to him. And you matter to him because he created you. And he created you because he loved you. Your pain matters to him, and your dark days matter to him. And it may feel like he's not close by, but in reality, he's the closest he's ever been. Some of you, you've been in dark days for a while. Some of you don't realize it, but you may be getting ready to go through a dark day. But here's the truth about our relationship with God. I, I was talking to a good friend this past week. He lives in a, a couple of states away, and uh, he's in ministry, but we've known each other 30 to 40 years, a long time. And, and I, I just called him, and I just, I mean, we, we talk a lot, and we laugh. We, we just, in, we, we build each other up. We, we cause each other to laugh and, about things, but I just called him, and I was very serious, and I just said, hey, I just want you to know how important you are to me. And I just want you to know how much I really do love you. And I just want to remind you that I indeed would lay down my life for you in a skinny second. And there was a pause, there was quietness on the line, and he says, you know I feel the same way. And... He knew it. He knew that I felt that way, and I knew that he felt that way because of the longevity of the relationship. Now, if I had said that to him a week after meeting him, he would have said, you're strange. I'm going to go make another friend. <laughs> but the longevity of the relationship and the consistency of that love and that care for each other, he knew that I was saying the truth, and he knew that I really meant it. Maybe some of you, you're not feeling that from holy God, and you feel like he's distant. And the difference between what I said to my friend this past week is very different from what God says, because God says, hey, 
I want you to know you're very important to me. I want you to know that I love you unconditionally. And I want you to know not only would I die for you, I did die for you. That's the difference. God's love is so much that he already did die for you. His son, Jesus the Lord, the Savior, died for you. That's powerful. And that's where I find the antidote for my dark days. Second Samuel says, O Lord, you are my lamp. The Lord lights up my darkness. He came to light up your dark days. So how does Christ dispel the darkness? How, how does he light up in my life? Because you see of Christmas, because of Christmas, you may be in the dark, but you don't have to stay in the dark. Now here are four things that Jesus wants to do in your life. So here's an absolute truth. There's one absolute truth. You will have dark days. Here's the second absolute truth. Jesus can and Jesus will help you. Number one, Jesus wants to encourage you when you're disappointed. I love Psalms 34. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. So the first way that God encourages me in my disappointment, he is saying to me, I'm here, <laughs> I'm near. In fact, I'm closer to you in your dark days. Maybe 2019 has been a disappointing year for you. Maybe you didn't get the promotion you wanted or maybe that big sell went to your competitor instead of to you. And, and, and maybe, maybe, a relationship fell apart. Where was God in all of that? Well, he was where he's always been. He never left you. Emmanuel, God is with us. So he encourages me by helping me to realize he's got a design, a plan, a purpose for me. In Jeremiah 29, in a very familiar verse, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good, not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God says, I don't want to hurt you. I want to help you. I created you. I have a future. I have a hope for you. And God uses disappointments for several reasons. One, he uses them to get our attention. Two, he'll use them to grow you, to strengthen you. In fact, God, the purpose for God in your life, the purpose he has for your life, it's greater, it's bigger than any problem you're facing. And he encourages me when I'm disappointed. Secondly, he will strengthen you when you're distressed. When you're distressed, he will strengthen you. My, one of my life verse, Philippians 4.13, for I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. 
Some of you, you need to put that on your refrigerator. Now, if you say, I am competent, I am capable, I'm able to handle my problems no matter what comes my way, I can do it on my own power. Well, the answer to that is no, you cannot. Maybe for a little bit, but not for the long haul. Psalms 23, David said, but even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. Hmm. You know, the darkest part of the night is when the light shines the brightest. I believe that uh, the theme of the Psalms is life is tough, but God is good. I think that's the theme of all 150 Psalms. Life is tough, but God is good. Number three, God wants to guide you when you're doubtful. In John 8, Jesus spoke to the people and he said this, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. So what are you worried about? What are you uptight about? What is it that's keeping you awake at night? What is it that keeps your stomach in knots? What major decision are you going to have to make in 2020? Well, I don't know what they are, and you may not know what they are, but I can guarantee you that Jesus will guide you. Jesus will be there with you. Now, if you rely on your feelings to guide you, they're highly unrealistic and highly unreliable. If you follow the crowd to guide you, that's always going to end up badly. When you face your doubts, there is a reliable source that you can turn to. There is an advice that you can get that is sound, there is a place that you can go that will steer you never in the wrong direction, always in the right direction, and it's called God's Word. His Word will never steer you wrong. Now, many of you have lived like I have through the era of the Soviet Union. When I was a kid, we grew up afraid of the Soviet Union. And the newspaper would publish these reports of how many nuclear bombs we had and how many nuclear bombs they had. And I remember as a kid, I would sit there and I would look at those numbers and I would see how many more nuclear bombs they, they had than we did and I would start praying, Lord, we need more nuclear bombs. You know, you got to help us out here. And man, we, we lived in some fear. I remember the Cuba Missile Crisis. And uh, I had actually had some neighbors in our neighborhood who put in a bomb shelter. And of course, it wound up not being needed, and it became the coolest clubhouse in the neighborhood. But I remember those days. We were afraid of the Soviet Union. They were the bad guys. And then I remember when Time Magazine quoted Gorbachev. Gorbachev was head of the Soviet Union when it fell apart. And here's what he said. 
We in the Soviet Union have changed our opinion on some matters such as religion. The moral values that Christianity has generated and embodied for centuries can help in the work of renewal in our country. Can you imagine a devout atheist of an atheistic society, an atheistic government would say such a thing? Uh, two of my friends, one who were in the Soviet ar army, one was a cook, and he's cooked in my home. Another one was a special forces guy, and he's has spoken at Gateway. And they would tell me how, yes, they had seminars in school growing up about how there is no God, there's no room for religion, there's no need for religion. They had seminars in the military about how that there is no God, there is no need for God, the Bible's nothing but a uh, a fairy tale, and, uh, and they said, yeah, you just believed it because you were taught that from, from day one. And now here's the leader saying, we need the moral values of Christianity. Now here's what's sad to me. How many of our own politicians would even dare say that? I don't think many of them would say it today because it's not popular. It's a racist statement. But that's exactly what they need to say. We need God in our country. So here Gorbachev was saying, we admit it, <laughs> we were wrong. And for 74 years, the communist regime tried to stamp out, snuff out any spark of spirituality in their people. But once they opened those doors, it flooded in. Matthew 1.19 says, your word is a lamp to guide my feet and a light for my path. You know, whenever I'm walking in a very dark place, no moonlight, whether it's in the woods or the backyard or just uh, down a path, where do you shine your flashlight? You shine it right in front of your next step. You want to shine it for the next step so that you know that you're stepping on a sure place. You're not stepping in a hole or in a dangerous place. And, and if you kept shining the light way down the road, you might stumble right in front of you because you don't realize the dangers that, that's there. So I always hold the light right down at my feet so I make sure my next step is okay. Well, that's what God's word does for you. God's word is like that light that says, all right, here's the step you take. You keep on this path, you're gonna be okay. I'll get you where you need to go. Just trust me for each individual step. I'll take care of the destination and I'll get you where you need to be. You trust me for each individual step. You see, sometimes, number four, God actually wants to change you. He wants to change you when you're depressed. Maybe that's why he allows some dark days in your life because he wants to change not your circumstances, but he wants to change you. You know, when you get depressed, God doesn't want to come and pat you on the back and say, cheer up, everything's okay. No, God comes and says, 
All right, let me show you what I want to do in you. You see, I'm preparing you for eternity. I'm getting you, you ready for heaven. And so I'm allowing these dark days to help prepare you for an amazing light like you've never seen. Ephesians 5.13 says, But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. God will reveal evil intentions. God's light will reveal those who are trying to steer you in the wrong direction. And in Ephesians 5, 9, it says, For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So when you allow Jesus to fill your life with his spirit, it brings out the best in you. It dispels the darkness in you, for he is light. Now, I enjoy the sunlight. And recently we had a full moon, and man, you could go out at night, it was a clear sky, and you could make shadows with yourself from the, from the light of the moon, it was so bright. But there's a brightness, there's a light that none of, none of us have experienced yet. The Bible says that when we go to heaven, there'll be no need for the sun that we have now. It says that the light from the throne room of God, from God's throne himself, is all the light we will need. And that light of Jesus, that light of God's throne, will chase away every dark shadow everywhere. And you and I will get to bask in that light. And God will be fully revealed to us. Man, I can only imagine what that light really reveals about something. You know, when there's a dull light, you don't see everything clearly. Yeah, that's why when the doctor operates on you or you go to the dentist, he's got these bright lights because he wants to see clearly. And so sometimes in your life, you don't have a bright light that's shining on things, and you can convince yourself you're okay when in reality you're not. And so the bright light of Jesus will reveal the things that need to be worked on. So God allows the dark days so that I can be ready to bask in his light. You know, one of the reasons why I think the Bible says and we learned this from Jesus himself when he told the story of the beggar guy named Lazarus and the rich guy, was that the rich guy, when he was in hell, could see Lazarus in heaven. Now, you know why I think that's possible, why that is, probably, that is true and why it will be that way, that the people in hell for all eternity will see heaven? It's because of the light of God's throne room. And that's why also the Bible says that every knee shall bow, even those in hell for all eternity will bow at the name of Jesus and declare him as Lord because of the light from the throne room, that is Jesus. And so they will see Jesus and they will recognize him from who he is and he, they will bow down and worship him because he is Lord whether they accept him as Savior or not. Now, that's powerful light right there. And here's the amazing thing. That light 
is in you. When God separated the Holy of Holies by ripping the veil and made it evident for everybody to see after Jesus died, he was saying, hey, because of Jesus' death, you and I can now have a face-to-face conversation, you know, a personal relationship. And then when Jesus left and went to heaven, he sent his Holy Spirit, and he said, that Holy Spirit of mine, my Holy Spirit's going to live in you. So that light is in you, is, is in you. Wow. And that light, when you let it shine... It'll show you every dark thought that you need to change. It'll show you every dark sin you've tried to hide, and you can confess it, and it's taken care of, and that, that light will guide your steps. Even though you might not always know the destination, you do know the ultimate destination, and the ultimate destination is for you to be with God in his kingdom for all eternity. That's the ultimate destination. We know that without a doubt. And God is getting you ready for that. And God uses dark days to prepare you. So now I want to help you change the way you pray. When you have your next dark day, whether it's a disappointment, whether it's distress, or whether it's depression, start praying this way. Lord, let your light shine in me to show me what you want to do in me, change in me while I'm in this dark period of time. Show me what you want to change in me. Don't let me waste this dark period. Now, that's a prayer that Heavenly Father get excited about and he will answer that prayer let's pray